Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Welcome to the podcast. We're doing a part two of our series on burnout and therapists in private practice. Today, we're going to be talking about how your clinical outcomes are tied to your feelings of burnout mm-hmm. and how we can lean into information we glean from clinical outcome conversations to both reconnect us to the work as well as give us some very good uh, indicators of areas where we might want to make adjustments or create some boundaries and create some shifts. So instead of giving you like kind of a, here's what everybody should do, here's your first step in general for burnout, we want to help you identify what you need in particular um, to make shifts and changes in terms of your clinical work. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I'd never had a lot of training on how do you know therapy's working? (laughs) And I find this to be the case with a lot of therapists, therapists that we've worked with who have been therapists for 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. There is sometimes a sense of, am I doing enough? Is this really working? There's questions about when are we done with treatment with a client? Of course, everyone has different modalities and um, perspectives on that. But overall, I'm going to say a broad sweeping stroke of there is this sense of, am I enough? Mm -hmm. And then add into that that plays, it feeds into the burnout cycle. Because if you're already tired and resentful, that does show up in your clinical work, right? Mm -hmm. That your state influences the state of your client and vice Mm -hmm. versa. And then if you're, then you're starting to say like, oh, is this really working? If you have poor boundaries, if you're seeing too many clients, things may be starting to crumble and then it gets interpreted as, I don't know if I'm a good enough therapist when really we're you're a burnt out therapist and we need to mm-hmm. look at what's happening clinically that could be shifted. And I think this is, it's an interesting piece. Like I, I go back and I try to get clarity as to when I started learning this lesson in particular, it definitely wasn't in graduate school that they talked about clinical outcomes. You know, they talked about specialization, But they didn't talk about how do you know that therapy is working beyond just somebody says, okay, I'm ready to be done Mm. um, with therapy. And then you go, okay, you know, you you be done with therapy. Do you think it's when you first heard Scott Miller or read Super Strength? It it was before Scott Miller, honestly. Mm. Um, It was before Scott Miller that the conversation started happening I think maybe it was a little bit connected to the EMDR work and training uh, yeah. where we started talking about subjective units of distress scale and trying to get some sense of is is someone's distress about this trauma mm. 
is is that the piece? And I think there was also something in there um, in, with EMDR, part of the training was about helping somebody identify what's the new way of being that you want to, like, what's that new schema or script that you want to run when these things happen in your life. And so there was something about that that mm. did translate into my work, whether I was doing EMDR or not. So there was something there um, in terms of that. But then I think when I started hearing more about Scott Miller, but it was more of a validation of it. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like even in terms of my like conversation and scripting for private practice, when, and I started saying like, hey, we're going to like have conversations about whether this is working and we're going to change something if it's not working. I feel like that happened before I ever met. Yeah, Scott that I was taught, you know, even in from an analytic psychodynamic background, it is I, I just kind of intuitively, but I also had a supervisor and maybe I was paying for case consultation and there was this kind of ongoing checking in and using material from past into current sessions and really understanding, you know, what's the dynamic here? Is this still beneficial mm -hmm. um, for both? So it was a little less uh, structured. You know what? Actually, it's so funny. I love that. I, I hope it's okay. Like this just this one moment actually just popped into my mind that I think is really pivotal for me. I was working with this client and um, the client wanted to do wanted to look at their case notes. And so I talked with my clinical supervisor at the time and she said, well, you know, having a copy of the whole clinical notes for this client and having them take out a session doesn't make sense. And at that point, we didn't even <laughs> this is pre HIPAA, guys. So it wasn't even like, oh, you just make a copy and and, and move on. Um, she said, why don't you make this a part of the clinical treatment where the person comes in and reads their notes in session and you guys talk through it. And so we sat and did that. And it was really amazing to me how the client like suddenly was aware of, oh, wow, I forgot I felt that way. That is what I look like. That is how I felt at the beginning of, of treatment. I didn't even realize how much I had shifted until I, until I remembered what therapy looked like at the beginning. Sort of like what we're talking about with the journals last time yeah. about in boot camp about how people don't even realize that they're burnt out until they look at this video and yes. they're like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Like, and this is the same, it's like the snapshot of, um, I hate the idea of before and after pictures. Right. Um, maybe we, we think about like a space, right? Of your like, sure. you know, your dining room or what have you. Um, like that this is like a, a snapshot of like, this is what life looked like before therapy. And now whether it's midway or after, wow, this is how much things have shifted. Mm -hmm. And it, it's one of the things that we, we were going to be teaching in our master class is giving people a script on exactly how to have these outcomes conversations because they're so, so powerful. And this is one of the questions that we have people go into is like, do you remember, right? Asking the client, do you remember what you felt like before your first therapy session? What did your life look like mm -hmm. then? And then comparing it to now. 
And there's some magic that happens in those conversations. And what's funny is that a lot of therapists avoid these conversations. So when you're burnt out and frustrated and you start feeling shame and guilt for that, we kind of brace, right? We freeze. Then you add on top of that pandemic and everything else, right? And it's Mm -hmm. sort of like, I don't want to know. I'm just going to assume that I'm not great or like this isn't working, but I don't really want to know. But instead, we find that when we practice the vulnerability, the same kind of vulnerability that we ask of our clients, there's a synergy and an opportunity to deepen the work. And that re-energizes not only you, but also the client. Yeah. And it's really fascinating. And I think it doesn't just re-energize the client, but I've had the experience. And now that we've been able to share this process with thousands of therapists from around the world... They say the same thing. Wow, the client lit up. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. Mm-hmm. they suddenly saw their own before and after, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of what their life looks like. They now actually see the benefits of therapy in even more clarity, not because I'm like priming them or I'm manipulating them into seeing it, but just because they're having a, a moment to stop and like really look at life. And then you can have a conversation about like, and then what would it look like if we were done too, which again is, I think, an area where therapists are really fearful of. And so sometimes that means clients stay in therapy longer than they need to, or the therapy gets kind of stale because you kind of, there's, there was all this progress made at the beginning and then you kind of lose track of. There's missed opportunities for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, of power in that, but clients are therapists come back from these conversations and say oh my gosh i feel re-energized and reinvigorated i didn't think i was helping but maybe i am and i'm clear on how and what is helping and sometimes even getting what we consider negative feedback mm-hmm. it actually can help the therapist be empowered to make shifts and to be more collaborative with the client um, in, in making a change because that's the other piece is when we are, when we don't refer out, when we don't change the treatment because we're so overwhelmed and burnt out, um, it, it does not feel good. Again, that it's kind of that self-feeding cycle of burnout. Uh, it just amplifies and gets worse. And to break out of that is to say, okay, this isn't working. What if we shift it? That brings in a lot more creativity and space for shift for both you and the client, whether that be referring out or or them staying. Yeah, it could be that you refer them out. It could be that they recommit to actually like doing the work. Mm -hmm. They start to come in more regularly. Like how irritating is it to have like people canceling 
constantly and not being able to get into a rhythm with it. Um, it could be that you get real, both get really real clarity on, wow, we're ready to dig into this issue when maybe you felt like you were spinning your wheels and now suddenly you're aligned and you know where things are going mm -hmm. and they know where things are going. It's just, it's a magic thing. And I think it is magical for therapists to know that like you can refer clients out. We just had a boot camper yesterday um, post and mm -hmm. say, wow, I have this new intake and, uh, and they gave permission for us to share this just so you guys know. Um, I had this new intake and normally there was this mismatch. I would have like kept working and trying to like pull teeth with this client, but I, you know what? I gave myself permission to just assess what are their needs and who would really better serve them mm -hmm. and I referred them out. And they said, before boot camp, I didn't know I could do that. Mm. And it may seem like silly to some of you, but some of you may relate this idea of really giving yourself full permission at any point in the therapy process to say, wow, we've done some good work and here's the thing. Or, wow, I'm so glad you came in and here's my highest and best and my highest and best is to send you to this person. Right. What I like too about the script that we teach and and doing these things is that it applies across the board no matter your licensure type or modality. So like what yeah. Miranda was talking about with SUDS and all of that, that's pretty specific to that kind of realm of work, something I would have never encountered in my work. Mm -hmm. But having these conversations and having a tool that you can use the next day in session is applicable to all of us. It's something that we can all easily do and implement. And this is the beauty of this script is that it is the intersection between business and clinical. We don't believe that working on your business is compartmentalized away from the clinical work. It is tied to and same with your burnout and who you are it is all like mushed together in a beautiful creation of yours and it is important mm -hmm. to look at hey i'm taking clients that aren't a good fit or i'm not referring out or i'm not feeling very confident right so these are business practices right how we handle our consult call who we book how we schedule how to organize all that that is a business part of your business plan but that in turn impacts the clinical work because it's showing up in resentment, frustration, dropout, lack of retention. And when we say lack of retention, we're not saying keeping people just to keep people. We're saying successful treatment outcomes, you know, and, and getting to the point to where the client has had a transformation. So this script kind of brings it together and says, okay, how am I going to take care of myself? So this is the bubble bath for your business. When yeah. we talk about the self-care for burnout, this is how you care for your business and your client at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's It really is. Uh, and you don't have to do any math. There's no rulers involved. When I was taught the stuff with Scott Miller, you're supposed to like do this stuff with rulers and I would never do it. And then I tried the software, which was, which was really cool. But again, a whole nightmare to like try to like integrate into a session especially for someone that's as disorganized as me so this like conversation um it's just it's so beautiful in how it ties people together your client feels better afterwards you feel better afterwards 
And then you have this information that we'll be teaching you what to do with that in terms of how that can inform what kind of trainings you go to, how that could inform the clinical consultation you could get, how that could inform what your schedule is, how many sessions you really schedule per week. Um, and then that can then inform your fee. It can inform um, decisions, again, regarding frequency of treatment. If you find that, like I did when I did this, I found that people that came in on a weekly basis got better outcomes than people that came once or twice a month. And it didn't matter if they came in for you know 12 sessions and I was to compare them. I don't do a good job doing therapy with people that come in once or mm -hmm. twice a month. I have to own that, that I didn't get good outcomes with that. So someone who was looking for that, I referred them out. And I was very clear, this is the frequency that works for me. This is the frequency where I get good outcomes. And so you need to, this can give you information even as you have these conversations and maybe even own that. Hey, I noticed that. It seems like we're not getting as much progress because we're constantly just catching up and checking in about what's been happening, but we don't get a chance to like dig into the meat of it. So what if we were to test over the next four weeks, you come in regularly, we have weekly sessions, and then let's check in how that feels for those four sessions. I think like this process is just like what we do in therapy. A person comes in and what do we do? We assess. We're looking for what are the resources, what is working and what isn't. And that's what we want you to do to prevent burnout or mitigate the burnout that you're experiencing. Assess the business and have a conversation with, assess the clinical work, that, yeah. that heart, the purpose, the reason why you do what you do is not so you can do the bookkeeping and the phone calls. It's so you can, sure? yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. At least I'll speak for myself. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'll leave that to my husband. So I think, you know, looking at the clinical work first and saying what is working, what isn't, and then that can inform for me and the client, that can inform how to mitigate the burnout in the business processes, which we'll talk about next week. Yeah. So if you want to come live and we're going to delve into this in much more detail, we'll talk about even what to do during the conversation. How do you do this with kids versus adults? Um, what does this look like if you do get negative feedback? How do you integrate that? Um, what should you be like braced and worried about? And what all of that, we'll just like delve into this during that free masterclass. Again, it's eligible for CEs, APA, and MBCC. So go to zinnyme.com forward slash free, Z-Y-N-N-Y-M-E.com. <laughs> Worst choice ever, but we love it still. Um, and uh, Or just check the show notes um, and we will uh, we'll see, see you there. at the masterclass. We got some free giveaways and it's going to be a good time, like legitimately. And there's going to be some amazing, juicy conversations inside of our free community um, both before, during, and after. And the community is not on Facebook, so there's no like weird ads happening. No. There's no other stuff. So um, yeah, join us. We'd love to have you. Be brave with us. Do something good for you. Take care of yourself as a clinician and take care of your business as well. Um, and we can together start to really turn the tide on this burnout stuff.
See you there. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.